Brenda told me that now that I have her microphone, I should be doubly anointed. Can y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Great. And then we do want to remind you that we do have service tonight. Brenda will be sharing a great word. Praise God. And uh, let's pray and get into the word. Father, we pray that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light. Our hearts would be strengthened, that we would be encouraged. And Lord, as a result, we'd be more like you that we'd be stronger, that we'd be clearer, and that we'd be ready to face this week with a sense of more than conquerors. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, we've been talking about heirs according to the promise. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, in verse 13 and 14, and in verse 29, it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. In verse 14 he says, That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, and we receive it through faith. And you have the faith that takes on the inside of your heart. In verse 29 it says, And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So I want to look a while this morning at what we have inherited. You know, we could spend years and years in talking about our inheritance, and we don't have that much time. But this morning I want to talk to you about a couple specific things that will help you and make your heart happy. So turning your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 8. Let's take a look at this throne, if you would, of glory. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, in verse 8, it says, He raises up the poor from the dust, and lifts the beggar from the ash heap, and set them among princes, and makes them to inherit what? They inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He has set the world upon them. I want you to pay particular Uh, attention to this phrase, inheriting the throne of glory. So let's ask ourselves this morning, what is the glory? Well, basically, the glory of God means to be heavy with the presence of God with everything good. Amen. When the Shekinah of glory would come upon the scene in the Old Covenant, the priests could not even stand to minister because the presence of God was so powerful. And now that presence has moved out of the Holy of Holies and moved into the hearts of born-again men and women just like you. And now it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we have, we have uh, inherited His presence. We have inherited His glory. In Proverbs 3, verse 35, it says that the wise shall inherit glory. In Romans 8:17, in the New Living Translation, it says, And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, we are, together with Christ, heirs of God's glory. Say it with me real strong. I'm an heir, I'm an heir. Of, God's of God's glory. Hallelujah. Look now over to John chapter 17. And look at verse 22. 
John, the 17th chapter, the 22nd verse. Let's feed on this just for a moment this morning. What do you think? Look at verse 22 and read it with me. Ready? Read. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And so this is the master praying. This is his high priestly prayer to the Father. And he said, now, Father, you are the God of all glory. And that glory you've given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. Something about the presence of God on the inside of born-again, spirit-filled believers that causes them to be as one and to walk in love and to walk in unity. But I want you to pay particular attention to that glory, that presence is on the inside of you today. We could say it this way. The the glory of his inheritance, the glory of his presence is our inheritance. Oh, what an inheritance that is. Oh, glory to God. Think about it. At any time, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and experience his glorious presence. What a privilege. What a blessing it is. To be able to live in a free country where we can lift up our voice and lift up our hands in the sanctuary and worship the God of glory. Amen. Amen. In Psalms 140 verse 13, in the Amplified Version, it says, Surely the uncompromisingly righteous, did you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? It says they shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence before your very face. Amen. So those who are uncompromisingly righteous shall give thanks to his name. And then look at Psalm 84 verse 4. Again in the Amplified Version. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are those who dwell in your house And in your presence, they shall be singing your praises all the day long. Selah, pause, and calmly think of that. I think we ought to take a praise break and do just that right now. Let's give him some thanksgiving. Let's give him some glory. Let's give him some honor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You could shout all morning about Christ in you, the hope of glory. You could shout all day about the greater one who indwells you. You could lift up your voice and rejoice all day long. From the rising of the sun till the going down of the same, the mighty name of the Lord is to be praised. Amen. And I will definitely drink to that. Now, we're going to get into some things about this inheritance and how this glorious presence in our life will protect you. Because, you see, protection is really a big part of your inheritance. 
How many of you know that we're living in perilous times? Hard to bear, difficult days for the world, right? Now, if you don't have inside information inside the Word of God, you could fall into that trap of thinking that life is so difficult that you'll never be able to make it through. Now, on one hand, it's perilous for the world, but I believe for the church, we can live in the presence of God and we can be protected by Him. Amen? I mean, you turn on the news and you see that in the news, there are all sorts of things happening from ISIS to this, to that, to the other. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't have to be afraid. You do not have to be afraid. You can stake your claim on his presence. You can stake your claim on your inheritance and you can walk in glorious protection. Amen. And I'm not just talking about from terrorism. I'm talking about driving down 880. I'm talking about driving down 680. I'm talking about walking around the block. How many of you know there's crazy people everywhere? But thank God you're under the bubble of God's glory. You're under the bubble of God's protection. Hallelujah. Amen. God will protect you. His hand is upon you for good. He said in His Word that He's never, ever going to leave you. And He's never, ever going to forsake you. Amen. So let's look at this 91st Psalm this morning for a while. What do you say? The 91st Psalm, we're going to look at it from the Amplified Version. Verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Pastor Tom, as he was praying over the offering, was talking about that secret place. Amen. Notice with me, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High... Now, what do the next words say? Shall remain stable. Now, stop right there. Shall remain stable. Stability is a part of your inheritance. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of our times. In other words, in an unstable world, we can be stable because Christ is in us. When everything is rocking and reeling from coast to coast and from border to border, you and I can remain stable. Look at your neighbor and say, remain stable, would you? Stable. Stable in your heart. Steadfast. Fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Stable in your soul. Oh, stability in your mind is a great thing. Amen? Amen. Stable in your soul. Having a calm, well-balanced mind. The Bible calls it a sound mind. Say it with me. I'm of sound mind. I have a calm, stable mind. Hallelujah. Now, you know how your mind will stay that way? Your mind will stay that way when you keep it fixed on Him. The Scripture says that He'll keep you in perfect peace. That's shalom, shalom. When you keep your mind stayed on Him. I wonder, is it important what we do with our mind? 
It is important. It, is it important what we think about? It absolutely is. That's why Paul, right into the church at Philippi, said this, Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are just, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to think on these things. Now, the devil will try to always pull you toward the negative flow of life. To think below. To think under your rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. But the Lord, hallelujah, the author of peace and grace, will always cause you to set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. So train yourself to think the thoughts of God. Think in line with the Word of God. Speak in line with the Word of God. Believe in line with the Word of God. Find out what the Word says about your case. And get in it. And meditate on it. And think it. And believe it. And speak it. And you know what? You will have it. Say it with me. I will have it. So... The person that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Don't you like that? The shadow of the Almighty literally is the shadow of El Shaddai. Where are you dwelling? I'm dwelling under the wings of El Shaddai. Now Mark Brzee said in his book, He said, if we want to stay within the boundaries of God's divine protection, we must abide in that place of safety. We must stay in fellowship with God and walk closely with Him. This word, he who dwells, literally means he who lodges. So what this is encouraging us to do is to maintain our union And our wonderful communion with him. Jesus said, if you dwell in me, I will dwell in you. If you live in me, he said, I will live in you. Now notice with me in verse 2 of Psalm 91. Verse 2 says, I will say, or I will declare of the Lord. What are you going to declare of the Lord? Here's what I'm going to declare. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. Is he your refuge? Is he your fortress? Is he your God? Hallelujah. And on him I will lean. And I will rely. And in him I am going to confidently trust. How many of you know that there's authority in faith-filled words? The Bible calls it the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is demonstrated by what what believes in his heart and what one says with his mouth. So speak God's word. Declare that he's your refuge. Declare that he is your fortress. Don't wait till trouble comes to start confessing God's word over your life concerning protection. Get a good head start on it right now. Speak faith-filled words out into your future so that when calamity and trouble comes, it'll bump right in to the shadow of El Shaddai. 
Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 3. This is good shouting ground today. So we're dwelling. We're speaking. And in verse 3, right on through verse 10, it says, For then he's going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the dusty, uh, deadly pestilence. The dusty pestilence too. Is this the mic that's making me get my words messed up? I don't know. <laughs> now, I don't know what the snare of the fowler is, but I do know that the enemy's got a lot of snares. A lot of traps set up for God's people. But thank God, there's deliverance. There's deliverance for those who dwell. There's deliverance for those who proclaim. Verse 4. Then he'll cover you with his pinions. And under his wings, you're going to trust and take refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to you. When I think of that word shield, I can't help but think of Psalms 3, where it says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory, and you're the lifter of my head. Did you know that in the context of Psalms 3, it starts out by what it says, Many are they which say of my soul, There's no help for him in God. But then the psalmist says, But you, Lord. Woo, but you, Lord. You're a shield for me. You are my glory. You are my presence. And you are the lifter up of my head. Verse 5. You will not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, the slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lays waste at noonday. Read verse 7 and 8 with me. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near me. Do you get that? That's putting a stake in the ground. It's declaring it'll not come nigh me. Verse 8, let's read. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. My, my, my. My, my, my. Yourself inaccessible. Why? Because you're hidden under his wing. Hallelujah. He's covering you. Hallelujah. You're covered. Hallelujah. That's better than California covered. Your presence covered. Your glory covered. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in Noah's day, the Lord instructed Noah to build an ark out of wood. And that ark would represent a place of safety. Amen? Well, in the day in which you and I live, we don't build an ark out of wood. We build a place of safety, an ark out of the Word of God. By declaring, thank God I'm inaccessible in this secret place. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Look at verse 9 and 10. Let's read some more. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you, 
nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. Glory to God. One translation says, no accident shall overtake you. I mean, bumper to bumper, angels assigned to you. No accident shall befall you, neither shall any plague or calamity come nigh your dwelling or your tent. Why? Because your dwelling is in the secret place. It's an impenetrable place. The enemy does have not have any access to it. Say it with me, that's mine. Deliverance from God belongs to me. Amen? The Lord is the God who causes you to escape from all death. Now notice verse 14. This is good too. Or verse 11 actually. Verse 11. For he will give his angels special charge over special people to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. I like that, don't you? To accompany, to defend, and what else? You know, the saints aren't pickled. They're preserved. Amen? Preservation's yours. And I'm talking about until he returns. And after he returns, you'll be more than preserved. You'll be brand new. You'll be walking around in a glorified body. You ain't going to need no automobile. Amen? Amen. But for now, preservation is yours. God will keep you intact in every area of your life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, in the Amplified Version, notice with me it says here, in uh, the King James, first of all, he says, the very God of peace sanctifies you wholly. In other words, separates you. And he says, and I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified says, kept intact. Amen. You're looking at a boy that's going to be kept intact. How about you? Kept intact, spirit, soul, and body. Now notice, he's assigned his angels to guard you, and he's assigned his angels to protect you. We could say in the context of this teaching on our inheritance that his presence protects us. That his angels protect us. Amen. No wonder he said in Isaiah chapter 54 that no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. But every tongue that rises against you in judgment will be condemned. Now notice this phrase. This is the heritage. The word heritage there is inheritance. Of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. It is your inheritance to be kept perfectly safe. All day long and all night long. 
when you put your head down at night, the Bible says, I will both lie me down in peace and sleep. For you only make me to dwell in safety. Did you know that your habitation, your house, your apartment, your duplex, whatever and wherever you live, your habitation is intended by the Lord to be peaceable. He said, my people shall live in peaceable habitations. That means where you live. Now, you've got a lot to do with whether or not that home that you live in stays peaceable. But what you're saying on the inside of your habitation. Or even what you're watching. How many of you know you can't just sit there and watch violence all day and have peace charged in the atmosphere of your home? How many of you know you can't walk around your home and talk doubt and unbelief all day long and expect to have a good night's rest? You see, you can charge your at, the atmosphere of your home with faith or fear. You can charge the atmosphere of your home with either presence or pressure. It's the truth. So, I encourage you to get the word playing in your home. I encourage you to get good worship in your home. Amen? Turn that stinking television off. Don't sit there and let them lie to you all day long. Did you know that when you participate in some of that stuff that's on television, you participate in the spirit behind it? It's all, and I don't believe that. Is that why you're so ugly and ornery all the time? (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) Got to stay in the love of God. God's Word translation says, No weapon that has been made to be used against you is not going to succeed. You'll have an answer for anyone who accuses you. This is the inheritance of the Lord's servants, and their victory comes from me declares the Lord. My victory and your victory comes from Him. I love 1 John 5, 4. He says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now remember in verse 5, and I want to center in on this in closing this morning. Remember verse 5. He said, you will not be afraid of the terror of the night. You will not be afraid of the terror of the night. So let's ask ourselves, what is the number one thing that America is battling right now? It's terrorism. So let's ask ourselves this question here for just a few moments. What is terrorism? What is oppression? you will find that terrorism and you'll find that oppression go together. They're inseparable. So let me define for you what terrorism is, first of all, and then I'll define for you what oppression is. Number one, terrorism is defined as the planned, organized use of fear as a weapon. So the goal then of terrorism is to terrify, frighten, 
or panic to the point that a person or a people cannot resist. That's their goal. Now remember, terrorism and oppression go hand in hand. Now what is oppression? Oppression is the spoiling of or taking away of a person's goods or estates or inheritance by using terror or force. It means taking away, taking them away without having a right to them. Now listen, by working on three things. Number one, on the ignorance. Number two, the weakness. And number three, the fearfulness of the people being oppressed. So listen, at the very heart of all terrorism is oppression and fear. That's the very heart of it. But aren't you glad the master terrorist of all terrorists has literally been located and he's been destroyed. Now, it took him a number of years to find, what's his name again? Bin Laden. But Bin Laden really wasn't the master terrorist. And then they found this other fella, uh, Hussein... Saddam Hussein that found him in a little hole, hiding. But he wasn't the master terrorist. He's just an emissary of terrorism possessed by the devil. Those guys are possessed. Those folks that are doing those unthinkable, unmentionable things over there in the Middle East, those are demonically inspired and mostly demonically possessed people. But 2,000 years ago, there was a fight on Calvary. There was a fight in the bowels of the earth. And Jesus located him. And destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of Satan. Come on somebody. Woo! Glory to God. So we do not bow to a stripped, beat up, wounded, annihilated enemy. We walk on top of him. And one of the ways that we walk on top of him is we show no fear. We show no reverence for him. We go about our lives with our chest out, our eyes on him, knowing that God's not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, somebody. But a power and a love and of a sound mind. You see, we're not ignorant here. And we sure ain't weak. And we ain't fearful. Glory to God. 
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Say it with me real strong today. No more fear here. No fear here. This is a fear-free zone. I'm faith-filled, glory-filled, presence of God filled. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You need to show the enemy you are just not afraid. Get on that jet. Take that walk. Give, tithe, do whatever, whatever the enemy doesn't want you to do, bless God, you just step out and do it with the power and fire of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah! He's been stripped. He's been defeated. Amen? For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby in our heart of hearts we cry out, Daddy. Daddy, I have faith in you and your love for me. Then in closing, very quickly turn over to Philippians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I speak a word of protection over every person in this auditorium. Now take these truths and speak them over your life, but speak them also over your loved ones. Faith knows no distance in the realm of the Spirit. And His words are spirit and they are life. As you take these words and speak them over your children, no matter where they may be, the Word of God goes forth and I'm watching over it and watching over them to perform it. I'll protect them for my mercy hovers over your offspring. Hallelujah. I said his mercy. His mercy. It hovers over his offspring. No ignorance here, right? We've become established in our right standing with God. Isaiah said, in righteousness you will be established. And he says, you will be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. I think we better look at that real quickly. Look at Isaiah 54, verse 14. Say it with me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am established in this. In Isaiah 54, and we notice this in verse 14. I can quote it, but I want you to see it. In righteousness thou shalt be established. And as you are established in these truths, you will be far from oppression. And not only far from oppression, but you will be also far from what? Fear. And what? Why? For it shall not come near you. So the more established you get in this word, 
the further and further and further you will be away from fear and terror. Amen. Amen. Now look at Philippians chapter 1. Man, you listen so good you could preach all day, but we're running out of time. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, 28. Philippians 1, 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token or a sign of their coming doom and destruction. But it is a sign to you of salvation, deliverance, and that from God. Listen, just you not being afraid sends a sign to the enemy. Yes, amen. What kind of signs are you sending? Mm-hmm. It's like a great big neon sign in the realm of the spirit yes, saying I've been delivered, I've been delivered. I'm free, yeah. and I'm far from yeah. oppression. Psalmist said this, he said, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. The Hebrew word there mine enemies, as those who observe me. What kind of signs are you sending to those who observe you? I believe it's signs of of grace, signs of peace, signs of fearfulness. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Let's raise our hands and let's thank Him for what...